episode 187. Thank you all for listening to episode 186, Double or Nothing, Taker Returns. I am Marcus Wellington the fourth here with my co-host. Oh, let's go with Zazu the Hornbill. And Bear Covington the first. <laughs> I like that. That's good shit. That's such good shit. Yeah, th- thanks for your uh, taking the, the swig. I got to take my shot. We've got mm-hmm. Bird Dog Apple Whiskey today. Crown Peach and Unsweetened Iced Tea. I'm uh, trying to lose them. Um, 12 pounds, get back to 170. So no more pop. Cut it out of the diet. So it's unsweetened iced tea. I know I'm I'm at like 213. I was like, yeah, I'm fine here, but I want to try to get back down to probably like 205, call it a day. I'm probably at like 170. <laughs> at six foot what three? Six foot fourteen, one seventy. Like yeah. Gumby. I always ask you, Pear, what are you, six three or six five? I always fuck it up. Six five. Jesus. I got this uh, Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA that I'm drinking. It's pretty good. Nice. Well, we got to thank Wes Anderson for moments in time. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter at Songs by Wes. So first thing I wanted to mention uh, is the PGA returns next week. Bear, can you just tell us a little bit about where they're going to play? Um, I know we'll make picks next week, but I haven't looked too much into it. I just saw DraftKings release the uh, cost of players today. Yeah, they're playing uh, at the Charles Schwab at Colonial. Um, uh, you know, one of the courses they play all the time. So it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's Fort Worth, Texas is where it's at. I don't have it exactly pulled up right now, but that's just, um, that's what I, what I recall. But, um, you know, it's, it's a, a normal course on the tour. So they're getting back to what they, uh, what they are supposed to do. They will have caddies. They won't be caddying for themselves like the last two tournaments we've seen. Um, but that'll be about it. No fans still, which is good. And the supposedly, I don't. I haven't looked into it since they've talked about it, but they were supposed to give tests to all the players and caddies, and they're going to try to fly them all around like together, um, as best as they could. So if they knew that there was, they didn't have COVID, that they can keep them together. Obviously, um, kind of almost quarantine each other on planes and not fly, you know, commercial with other um, people who may potentially have it. So I don't know if that's happening or not. I haven't heard if that's changed. But, yeah, they'll be at the Colonial next week, so uh, we'll have another sport back here uh, next Thursday. That's awesome. And we've got uh, two NASCAR races until then, but we'll cover that here shortly. It's weird not uh, having one tonight. I was yeah. like, oh, man, what am I supposed to watch? And I'm, I'm getting used to Wednesday night NASCAR. Uh, yeah, I know. They have a lot of these Xfinity and truck races and that too, but it's not the same as having you know NASCAR, what we're used to. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the uh, – Xfinity race on Monday night at Bristol. I didn't watch the whole thing, but a little bit. Actually, you know what? Um, and I would even bet that um, the biggest hater dub in the world would agree. I don't know if you watched any, but Kyle and Kurt Busch both did commentary. They both helped out in the booth. Yeah. Kyle is actually he's very good. Kyle is? When he retires, he, if he, I mean, you know, when it happens, he should, he'll be like Dale, he'll be like Dale Jr go to the booth he he's pretty good in the booth he was very knowledgeable obviously you no know, because they just raced the day before so they were talking about it but it was funny because i'm sure some of the guys racing knew but he would um you know he would hop into people's cars like they do on uh, cautions or whatever after they win a stage <laughs> and the dude, dude that won 
um, Kyle went in to talk to him. He had no idea who it was. <laughs> so he's like, uh, you know, you guys know who you're on with right now. And he's like, uh, and I can't remember what the host name was, but he said the host and he goes, no, he's like, I don't know. He goes, it's Kyle Bush. He goes, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm glad you're not out here racing right now. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. So, but yeah, he's pretty good in the booth. I was surprised. Yeah, because he, I mean, he's very knowledgeable, as we know, uh, with cars and NASCAR and everything else. That that really helps. Um, but before we get into NASCAR, and I wanted to see if you had seen anything about this. It was a um, how the pandemic could forever alter the golf cart. So yeah. it was a, it was a thing on ESPN. I went through it a little bit. How they said they could have these single type carts, and you know, you have your clubs on the back, and I'm like, that'd be fun. I don't mind driving in a golf cart now without people because I feel like it goes faster. Everybody drive your ball, except you get those groups that'll just drive with each other right. and like to hit each other. I'm like, no, go to your fucking ball and hit. You know, wait to hit, then hit. It goes very quick. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's something that could happen. Um, but for I, I could, that's going to happen at clubs that have more money than others. That's an expensive oh, yeah. investment. I mean, you have to understand if you have four people out, on pretty much every hole, you know, you have that many people plus people coming in. I mean, there's, it's a lot of need for singles. Now, not everyone do it. People still walk, people still use walking carts, you know, all that stuff. Um, like I think a couple of years ago, the big thing was going to be the Segway. Um, and they were going to get Segways with a bag holder on it sort of thing. There's a lot of things that could happen, but the solo, I, I think that ESPN's on to something. The the two person golf cart, um, if there is a reasonable, um, you know, solution that's cheap, uh, a two person golf cart probably could be a thing in the past. Because you're right, uh, we play. I mean, since all this has happened, we've played a couple times. I've played in a cart with somebody, and we've played at a place that's been solo golf cart. And I mean, the rounds are ten minutes apart. But the one with the solo golf cart is faster just because you can go to your ball. It's just like walking. Everyone says that. No, golf carts are faster. Well, no, that's wrong. If everyone in your group walks, it's going to be faster because you all go to your own ball. That's just Well, we just got joined. Who else just finally decided to join on his own time? Hey, man. Whatever just happened before I joined in this meeting, I'm probably be sleeping down here where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking golf, man. I know you enjoy golf. How, what if what is what you just started your league on Monday, right? Yeah, first uh first round in like three years. Well, Shot a forty-four. Eight on the first hole. Shot a forty-four, no shit. Forty-four, yeah, man. I couldn't putt for shit, but hey. <laughs> That's good cut, for they even cut their greens up there at Maple Grove. Yeah, they they cut them, but they don't uh put it take anything else off of them. <laughs> Well, at least we got, you know, we got that golf, the golf outing that uh, we're all partaking in the PNK Open on July 11th. So, so one of the four of us needs to be able to putt because I know we'll be able to get there. We just got to be able to putt. Right. And we got to eagle them par fives. Bear and I always talk about it. We got to eagle them par fives. Need to eagle par fours. Yeah, no right. shit. Need somebody to drive that damn green and just, you know, if not, punch it in, push it in, lift it in, whatever. Um with uh, when you were playing at Maple Grove, were they making you go single cart or what they make you do? No, they uh, it's kind of just back to normal from for the most part out at Maple Grove. I mean, you can either walk or uh, you can get a cart, and you know, the carts they have two guys in the cart, 
Um, I mean, the only thing they changed, uh, well, recently, this week, they started that you can actually pull the pin. So oh, they had a the little, uh, they had like the little noodles or whatever around the, the flag stick inside yep. the hole. And if it hit that, then it was in. But so you guys can pull the pins. Well, Michigan just opens right up and goes right back to normal. Right. Doesn't even have a face. <laughs> I was about to say, wasn't telling the truth, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. I, see, I don't know, man. I liked hitting that noodle. I could just blast it to the noodle and call it in. <laughs> <laughs> I know Parrot did that a few times when we're out on the course. He blasted it right into the noodle. I'm like, oh, it's good. You get it, buddy. Is he even with us? I know he's staring off into space. See, he's watching yeah. something. Looking up like he's getting a lap dance or something. <laughs> yeah, he's leaning down like it. <laughs> a lap dance with my computer. Either, either that or smoke too much of the devil's lettuce, one of the two. Nope. Staring off into space there. I'm watching a wedding crashers, actually. Nice. Classic movie. Rule number 76. No excuses. Play like a champion. That was actually one of our episodes. Nope. Um, I didn't, I didn't tell you guys this. At FT, for their golf carts, they put little pieces of, uh, like, clear plastic. Shower curtain, probably. Guys. And it's the dumbest thing ever because they're barely on. They're held on by zip ties. And the, so in between the people? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's falling timbers for you. And that's the that's the that's uh, where we're playing for that golf outing. So I guess we'll be sitting with shower curtains. It's like a mower hasn't touched that course all year. <laughs> They, they probably laid off their lawnmower guy. They, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the laid, guy. Off the, laid off the people who cut the grass. The one guy. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of things from that that owner there that he's not, like, the best. But, you know, I don't know him, so whatever. Um, we'll go into NASCAR here shortly. So, Cody, I waited until you joined us. Uh, you want to just tell us what's been going on this past week, and I know we're going to discuss it a little bit and give your take on everything going on. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Only thing, like, I thought about preparing something, but being who I am as a black man in America, a a brother, a son, a father, you know, a friend, just to, you know, it's just when is it ever going to stop? You know, like we shouldn't have, I mean, the, the fact that they sat on that, they kneeled on that man's neck for nine minutes, you know, like this is, this is the stuff that Kaepernick was protesting for. Like, this is it right here. The fact that stuff like this can happen, it can happen on tape. And the officer basically only gets charged. You know, of all the things that have happened, I mean, like, just for me, I've lived through, you know, the um, George Floyd, Michael, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, um, Sean Bell, uh, um, Rodney King. You know, and, and the list goes on and on to where this type of stuff happens and nothing comes from it. And the, you know, there are protests, there have been protests. 
you know, there's been protests forever and, you know, peaceful protests, non-peaceful protests, whatever you may have, you know, and it's just sad that things have to, I guess, get violent for people to actually just listen. Like, that's all, just as a black man, like, that's all as a community we've ever wanted just somebody to listen you know listen to our stories you know they like there's so many of my friends and family members just over the years we could have easily been any of these cases you know we could have turned into a hashtag you know and this is the type of stuff that has been happening you know in the social media age um my my aunt's brother that lives in, he lives just outside of Chicago. He just had, just last night before their curfew, he had a woman pull a gun on him on the freeway. Just pull up beside him, pull the gun on him. And he calls the cops. And, you know, she cries and tries to play victim. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that unfortunately, you know, now he has a story. You know, I have stories. I've only lived in this area for, what, five, six years now. And I, I can tell you guys, I can count on both hands how many times I've been followed, looked at differently. You know, like every time I leave the house, I'm perceived as a threat. And the fact that, you know, you had to, like, I have a son now. So eventually, and, and a daughter, like, eventually I'm going to have to give them both the talk on how to act or how to interact with law enforcement. Because there's a different set of rules when you are a minority that can't hide the fact that you're a minority. Um, I mean, like there are times, like I I told you over the weekend, you know, like there's times where, you know, I drive out to Peaberg in the middle of an afternoon, windows down, no tint on my windows, you know, not driving a, you know, driving an expensive car, you know, nothing, not perpetuating a stereotype and get followed from the time I get off the expressway to the time I walk into Max and Irma's. And this after that cop circles the parking lot one more time. I ain't going to, at one point I worked over in Rossford and you know, I was consistently one or two minutes late, at least twice a week. And, you know, I had to actually tell my bosses because I have to figure out different routes to work because I get followed into the parking lot or a block away from the parking lot from work. You know, there is, I I guess the best way to kind of explain, you can't really, you don't notice or know it unless you're with someone of color and you're with them when it happens. 
I mean, it's just the fact that there's, I mean, there's countless, so many of my friends that have stories of being followed, you know, by police, being followed in stores, you know, and the worst that we've ever had are speeding tickets. You know, I just talked to uh, a guy I work with, and he's not that much older than me. And he said he didn't ever, he never had to, he never had to show proof of insurance until he probably turned 35. He said, 35 years old. Now he's in his 40s now, but I mean, that should kind of give you guys a window of, of basically. When you get pulled over, you don't get your, hey, you got your, you know, license registration proof of insurance. No, it's give me your driver's license, sit here until I come back. You know, it's just, it's honestly, it's scary. And does that mean I could even come out to your house right now? I, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but there are times where you would invite me out. And I would ask you, like, hey, how many people that look like me are going to be there? You know, like, I kind of say it, you know, kind of half jokingly to kind of diffuse it a little bit. But at the same time, you know, that's a big deal. You know, you get you get taught growing up. Hey, don't go to many places where are there, you know, where there aren't that many black people. Because you never know what could happen. You know, hell, I've had white friends of mine, you know, sell me out when we go to places. And, you know, it may be just me or just a few other black people there. So, you know, you 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 almost have to take uh, take stock and where you're going and how long you're going to be there. You know, like, whereas, hey, don't drive to such and such place after dark. You know, don't be, you know, don't be wandering around after a certain point in time. Because, you know, you never know. Like, you could not come home one day. And, you know, the fact that, like, I had to explain all this stuff going on to my daughter right now. She's only eight years old. I mean, we just had a situation at her dance studio. Now, mind you, and this is my daughter at her dance studio. So for, you know, things to turn out the way they do, you know, it's, you know, no, I don't condone windows being broken and fires and all that. But at the same time, I understand because this is no this isn't a new thing this is something that we've been asking for you know what like i mean we as a community like all we've ever asked for is people just to listen to us just to listen and for stuff to happen over and over again and nobody's listening you know it's kind of like when uh martin luther king was was assassinated you know there were riots for about I think maybe a week, two weeks, 
But then after that, that was when civil rights reform happened. You know, it was, and, and, you know, Martin Luther King was the peaceful one. You know, people always say, well, why don't you do things peacefully? Why don't you march in silence? We did all that. We were doing that. And every time, you know, a lot of people, every chance they had, they tried to discredit Martin Luther King. And then he gets killed. So, you know, and this is after dogs are sicked on people. Like, a lot of people forget that. You know, a lot of, they, they say, you know, be peaceful and march like Martin Luther King. But yet they were still beaten and hold fire hoses, you know, people spray with fire hoses and, and police dogs sicked on them as they're peacefully marching. You know, Kaepernick kneeled and for him to kneel, he gets called a son of a bitch and then gets fired basically from his job. And now it comes out four years later that yeah, they the you know the NFL said they purposely didn't sign him to any team because they thought it would be bad for business. So that right there, like at this point, if all you're focused on is is um if all you're focused on are the riots and people breaking things and and you know setting fires and flipping police cars and all that you know that just lets me know you don't care you know you don't care about me you've never cared about me you don't want to listen to me and you know like this type of stuff you know you lose friends over you know there's people that i've known for years that now I can't talk to them anymore because now I know where they really stand. And I guess the most refreshing thing about all this is, you know, even during those protests, like especially even here in, in where we live, um, a lot of people, they haven't, a lot of the TV stations haven't really reported that the fact that some of the people that were trying to incite not only the police but other protesters those people like the other people that were there protesting turn those individuals in like they gather around those individuals and turn them into the police because they didn't want to be discredited and you know like a lot of that is going on but refreshingly there's more people you know that look like you guys that are at these protests you know, there's more white people there. A lot of the times you could barely get maybe one or two, you know, you could, well, I won't say one or two, but I mean, you couldn't get a lot of white people at these protests. And now, you know, you're getting, uh, you know, it's 50-50 or even the vast majority white people at these protests. And that's you know like being black that's what we need because so many times where being black you go and protest and it's they they look for a reason to discredit you because they don't want to listen they don't want to talk to you they don't want to hear what you have to say you know you you bring up 
police brutality and how it, you know, disproportionately affects blacks and minorities. And the first thing a lot of people will say is, well, what about Chicago? What are they doing in Chicago? That just means you're trying to discredit me. You weren't even trying to listen to what I had to say. And then you also don't even know what's going on in Chicago. Um, it's just, I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling, but it's just kind of to keep me from breaking up. Because this, you know, all this stuff, it hits home. You know, I have... I have an uncle who's a detective down in Alabama right now. I have two cousins that actually live in Chicago and work in the social service, you know, field. You know, they're out there with those kids on a day-to-day basis. You know, they're, you know, everything that people claim that the black black community isn't doing, they're out there doing that stuff but it's not getting reported and it's not getting the help. But, you know, just the fact that there's more white people out there is refreshing, which to me, it means that, you know, white people are sick of this shit too. And, you know, you know, that the more, you know, we need more white people to come out. You know, we need, more people, white people to say like, no, this shit's not right. This shit's not cool. Because at the end of the day, this is still, you know, a man or a woman that has a family that's not going home. It's just, you know, you you don't have to, I mean, even my wife, like when this stuff happens, you know, she breaks down. You know, her, my mother-in-law, like my father-in-law, they break down because they never understood these types of things. I mean, going out to their house to meet them for the very first time in broad daylight, you know, two police cars circled the neighborhood. There's only seven houses in their neighborhood. It's a circle. There's only seven houses. And the summer I start coming out there, all of a sudden there's an extra police presence. And, you know, you try to, you try to stay strong, but you, you just, you you know, you just kind of, you have to hold it together. Like you just have to. And, you know, it's hard. Like people don't, you don't, you don't understand it unless, you know, you're there or it happens to you. I mean, I'm only 35 years old and, you know, I've been followed through neighborhoods. I've had people, you know, just with friends of mine, you know, know, only three of us and we could be walking, you know, maybe downtown or something. I've had people walk on the other side of the street. You know, like I've had people come to me and they actually cross the street before they get to us. And it's like, I mean, and you guys know me, you know who I am and how, like the person I am. 
So, I mean, and, and there's so many other people like me that this type of stuff happens to that don't get the chance to go home. You know, that, you know, the, the fact that you have to think twice if you see lights flashing behind you. You know, you have to think, okay, what is going on? What did I do? Where am I at? And and then you think about where you can pull over and how fast you can pull over. When you don't have that luxury of saying to an officer, oh, I know you pulled me over on this four-lane, you know, busy street. I pulled into this parking lot at McDonald's so nobody would get hit by a car. No, you don't have that type of luxury. It's simple things like that that you can't do. I tried that one time when I was 19 and I'll never forget that. Like I've never even, I've never told my mom, I've never told anybody this story. 19 years old, just went for a run with a buddy of mine that was leaving for the coast guard and I'm driving home. I'm speeding. And I was only doing, he clocked me, he said 42 and a 35. Okay, fine. He pulls me, he flashes me. I'm on a busy street, five, you know, four or five lanes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, my uncle's a cop. A friend of our family's a highway patrolman. You know, I'm trying, I'm thinking, okay, let me just pull out of the street. Because, you know, if this guy gets hit by a car, you know, I'm going to feel terrible. So I go to the very next entrance that I could, and I pulled into a Burger King parking lot. And I stop thinking nothing's wrong. And this cop runs up to me, gun drawn. Turn the car off. You know, shut the car off. Pull up your hands. I'm 19 years old with a gun drawn on me, driving by myself. And this is my hometown. This is where I grew up at. You know, and, and all over a speeding ticket. Like a lot of people don't have that happen to them. Like that's, you know, just so when you think about stuff like that, like just how quick. Like it could have turned for me. And the worst I've ever had was a speeding ticket. So I just, you know, I just kind of want people to think, you know, when you, you know, try to say, like, I don't, I don't know, like when you. Try to say like you know these these people should think about what happens before they interact with the cops or they should know how to act with the cops like no we know as a community like there's you know there's stories of people that have um they have their driver's license their insurance card and their registration all in a lanyard around their neck or they keep it in the armrest to where as soon as they stop, they can put it directly on the dashboard. So they don't have to make any moves. 
I, it's just, you know, these are the types of things that you, you have to do when you're black interacting with the police because you don't have that luxury, you know, of reaching into your glove box or into your armrest or, or reaching down. And God forbid you get pulled over in the dark. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of people I know that won't even go out after dark because they, you know, don't want to know what may or may not happen. Like, it's, it's hard, man. It's because things like this happen and you almost have to defend why it happened. You know, like, defend why it happens to somebody black because a lot of people don't understand. You know, you, 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 I just, I don't know. I, it's just different, you know, and like, I'm sorry for rambling, but, you know, it's just to keep me from, you know, kind of breaking down because there, you know, I think back every time something like this happens, I think back to how many times that, I've been pulled over or followed. You know, there's a friend of mine. I need to actually get a hold of her because I think she might have saved me one day in Columbus. You know, and and I think maybe the worst part of these stories that I have is a lot of these happened in broad daylight. Even with a lot of these, you know, like even with George Floyd and Sandra Bland, you know, like the, the these cases, man. When this stuff happens, it happens during the daytime, not even at night. Like that, to to me, like that's even scarier to me. Just the fact that this type of stuff happens during the day. You know, I was in Columbus, and I'm taking friends from. We're all hanging out at Ohio State, and I'm driving them back to Capitol. And I'm driving down Main Street, and me, it's me, and it's a car full of girls. And at that time, I had an Explorer. I mean, it's 2004, 2005. Everybody had, if you had an SUV, you had rims on your car. And I think if I get pulled over, we're at a stoplight and the cop pulls up behind me. All he's seen was an SUV with rims on it and four heads in the car. As soon as I get through the light, he pulls me over. So I start, you know, just getting, getting nervous. And as he's walking up, I see him with his hand on his pistol. Like he was ready to draw on all he seen was an SUV with four heads. That's all he seen. And he was ready to draw. And he gets his gun halfway out of his holster. And then he sees a friend of mine, her blonde hair flying out of the back window. And I think if it wasn't for her blonde hair flying out of that window, 
like who knows what could have happened that day. And it's just, you know, it's it's scary. So when we when as a black person when you hear people and companies and athletes and teams speak out, you know, you want them to just actually call out what it is. You know, you want them to call out the the discrimination and the bias and the injustice, you know, the and the brutality. Because the scales are weighed differently. And so when you know, you see like the NFL put out that bullshit statement that they had and they get called out for it, which thankfully they did. You know, they got called out for it. Um, you know, like the New York Islanders, they they said a lot without really saying anything, you know, and and it's to uh, I guess I to sum it all up really is just at this point we need more than words. You know, like you, anybody could say anything to sound like they care. You know, it takes more than words. It you, it needs more actions now. And I don't know if you guys, if you want to talk about it, you know, now or later, um, with what Drew Brees just said. And like when Drew Brees says something like that, it hurts. Like that that type of stuff hurts. And I'm just a regular guy. So I can only imagine how his teammates may feel. Because basically what Drew Brees said, um he he said he looks at the flag and he thinks about his grandfathers. And what that means, you know, how he feels. And basically, it just, to, to someone like me, it shows that Drew Brees has no empathy for me. He has no empathy for my grandfathers that served in those same wars. And when they come home, they can't eat at the same restaurant that his grandfather was at. You know, they go... They went on the same, you know, it's just basically that's what it sounds, you know, that's how it feels and that's how it sounds. It sounds like I don't care, you know, how you feel or how your grandfather feels. Even though your grandfather was a war hero, he comes back and can't sit at the same table or the same bar, or even be in the same building as my grandfather that served too. And, and, uh, you know, and just to make it about the flag, when from the very beginning, it was never about the flag. Never. And even after, you know, Kaepernick said it was never about the flag, when people that were about the cause that said it was never about the flag, and just for him to wrap it up in the flag once again, you know, it's just, it's out of touch. It's insensitive, you know, and it lacks empathy and even self-awareness. You know, like for all this stuff that's going on and and in New Orleans of all places, 
Like you play for the New Orleans Saints. Lord knows how bad it is down there when it comes to the police and race relations. And for you to say something like that, how is it how is it someone like Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow gets it. Like he came right out and said the black community needs our help. You know, Trevor Lawrence said it. How is it that these two young kids, these kids that at some point probably looked up to you and listened to you, how is it they can get it and you can't? And it, the it, and it's almost you know it's almost willful ignorance, and it's things like that that you know people will take and use it to discredit the whole the whole thing. They'll use that to choose to not listen, and you know that type of stuff you know hurts because. You know, because somebody listened to something that Drew Brees said, you know, I have to worry about where I take a walk at. You know, like, I, you know, we go out for walks now, my family and I. And I, even before, I was always kind of weary about where we walked at, depending on the neighborhood. And with all this stuff going on now, and then with something like what Drew Brees just said, it makes my alert, it's like at 100, you know, 150. Because somebody's going to take what Drew Brees said to heart, and they're going to see me, my wife, and my kids out walking. And, you know, I try to explain these things to my wife because we're in an interracial marriage. And, you know, there's still people that don't agree with that type of thing. And I have to tell her and explain to her, you have to be careful. You know, like, I shouldn't have to say those types of things. I'm going to have to explain to my daughter, who's already asking me now. You know, we had, like, with her situation at her dance studio, there were some dads there that didn't agree with where the dressing room should have been and where, you know, everybody should have been meeting up with. And my sister-in-law is a teacher at the dance studio and we're at a competition. And these dads, you know, one of the dads was at louder than the others and didn't agree where they, you know, moved the changing rooms. And my wife standing up for her sister you know, kind of helped out and kind of put this guy in her place. And as someone comes up and asks what's going on, he says to this other man, we can't be here because that mom said we can't be here. You know, the mom of the black one. And this is my wife and my daughter that this man is talking about, you know, not just for all I cared. He could have said that loud mouth over there. He could have called her a loud mouth bitch for all I care because that's my wife. She can handle it. 
but to drag my daughter into it and say that my wife is the mom of the black one when we're you know she's the only black girl in that whole studio and on all the competition teams and this is the type of stuff that we still had to go through and deal with so like so when i say like it's different these are the types of things that i say like this is what i mean you know when it's different and you know hopefully some type of you know some type of change comes you know hopefully you know somebody like drew Brees gets it or understands it but if he doesn't understand it by now what do you do like how how do you explain it to him what do you say to him you know it's i don't know it's just tough because now my kids are gonna get older and eventually I'm gonna have to tell them the things that I have went through and I'm gonna have to explain to them how to act in public and it's you know it's it's scary because I can't be there to protect them all the time and you know it's you know you don't you don't you don't know what you do you don't know what to do because you can only do so much and i don't know man it's just i don't know i'm sorry uh i didn't mean to you don't apologize don't ever apologize and i wanted you to say as much as you needed to say because you know for me i've known you for what seven eight years now and i love you like a brother you'll always be my brother I love that we had to, we were able to talk for an hour and a half on Saturday, just about life and everything going on. Because like you said, I think you hit it right in the head. The three of us guys are white guys. We don't get it. You know, we don't get it like you do. And, you know, just from being with somebody and understanding and being in your place, I would never know unless I'm with you. And two of the people I'm closest with, and Bear actually knows both of them, is you and John. Who, who does fantasy football with us. He's my, my partner. And I've known him since I was a kid. Now, John's, you know, 50 in his fifties. And I've heard things from him too. That is just unbelievable that I could not even fathom in my life. And, you know, I, it's important, like you said, for people like us to be out there and talking about black lives matter and making sure that your voices are heard and our voices are heard to support you and everybody else out there that doesn't get these same type of opportunities and these same privileges that we get. And I, dude, I can't thank you enough. I wanted you to just keep going as long as you needed. <laughs> Seriously, because nah, and, I mean, it, it was great. Ended up, just that ended look. up crying or something. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm well, tearing I, up now, you know. <laughs> no, and, and that's why, dude, it's, it, you know, like I said, you're like a brother to me. You always have been. And uh, just listening to it, you know, it's real, it's raw, and people need to hear it. And, and it, I mean, it means a lot that, that you shared that. And I thank you so much. You know, and, and I mean, like to all, all the white people that I know, all my white friends, all my white family, you know, people that I've worked with, you know, currently and, and previously, you know, you hear somebody saying fucked up shit, man, hold them accountable. Like that's the least, that's the least I ask of you. 
hold these people accountable. Just remotely, you know, remotely stick up for me when I'm not around. That's all I ask. Man. You hear somebody saying some fucked up things about black people, you know, hold them accountable. Tell them, no, don't do that. That shit's not cool. I mean, even if you want to slap them, go ahead, slap them too. But just hold them accountable. You know, and when it comes to blacks and the police, like that's that's the biggest thing that the black community has been ever asking for. Like one of the biggest things. I can't, you know, I'm not going to speak for the whole community, but one of the biggest things is accountability. You know, the fact that, to you know, to where you can, I mean, you can go and look up all these cases of police brutality and and the police, uh, you know, roughing up black people and all they ever get are charges. You know, like, you know, that's, you know, that just says like, you know, that just kind of lets people know in a city, you know, that, that kind of shows like, hey, we know, we know you got beat the fuck up or we know your, you know, your brother or your dad got, you know, died while they were in custody and we were able to prove that their cause of death was at the hands of the police, but we're not going to charge, you know, all we're going to do is charge them and we're not going to convict them that shows you know that that types of those are the types of things that show blacks that you don't care about me that makes blacks feel like you don't care about me so you know when things burn up or get destroyed you know it's kind of what do you expect what do you what, what else do you want us to do you want us to protest peacefully we get dogs and hoses we get hit with billy clubs until our heads split open. You know, and these were peaceful protests to and you know and where you're doing that to pretty much everybody there. And you want, you know, you say you want that type of stuff or you say you want us to, you know, go out and vote. Okay, fine. We can go out and vote. But when the justice system is disproportionately against us, you know, when 44%, I think it was last I seen, but it's, you know, 40, it's in the 40s percent to of the voting age, people of voting age that are black are in jail. They're either in jail or they're felons. And some places, if you're some states, if you're a felon, you can't vote. So, so what do you do? You know, and and if the only way that you can we can get you to listen to us is, you know, to burn up a target, then so be it. You know, and you know I don't condone it, but what else do we do? But. <sighs> uh, I don't know. It is. Well, I thank you. <laughs> just hold them accountable. Hold, be, you know, white people 
hold hold people accountable. Black people hold people accountable. Cause there's you know, there's just the same amount of black people out there trying to dis- discredit the same shit. You know, you look at somebody like Tiger Woods. You know, but hell, Tiger Woods didn't know he was black until he got the DUI. And so and then, you know, once he got dragged, you know, for what he was doing, that's when he found out he was black. Once he lost all his money. Well, not necessarily his money, but when he lost damn near everything. So, you know, it's just hold everybody accountable. Policemen, hold the other policemen accountable. How do you, you can't expect anybody to trust you guys when, if you know of somebody out there doing fucked up shit, man, hold them accountable. Hopefully, this is that turn. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, I always, I have an uncle. Actually, my grandfather, uh, my dad's father, my dad's mom, my paternal grandmother actually ran um, a center for cultural awareness back in my hometown. And uh, since she passed away, my aunt took over and to kind of keep everything going. And, you know, she said something to me once that has to this day stuck with me and she says the one way which i don't know i'm sure probably a lot of older black people have said it uh you know bomani jones on espn says something sort of this effect too that my grandmother always said that when when these things start happening to white people and when they get uncomfortable is when change is going to come. And, you know, I I don't know. It'll probably come out fucked up the way I say it. And I apologize in advance. But hopefully, people seeing the police, you know, spit on handcuffed white, white boys. You know, these are white kids, man. You know, in their late teens, early 20s. You know, if videos of them being handcuffed and spit on, you know, that happened in Virginia. That was Richmond, Virginia. Kid was handcuffed, sitting on the ground, was spit on repeatedly by a white cop. If, you know, videos like that or videos of white women being pepper sprayed while sitting down on a sidewalk in Columbus, you know, hopefully those like hopefully those are the types of videos that get out because honestly if those types of things you know or or the the elderly white man that got shoved down to the ground in utah in utah of all places if that type of shit doesn't get you upset and angry and want any type of change for police brutality and and equality for blacks and minorities when it comes to the police i mean because i mean there's other issues too when it comes to equality that's a whole nother story for another day but when if if that type of stuff doesn't get you mad about equality when it comes to interactions with the police 
then nothing will, and that's a you problem. Like, like you are you you you're obviously a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Because if none of that stuff moves you, nothing will. Until it happens to you. So I I don't know, man. Accountability, man, and accountability and convictions. That's is what we need. Well, you're absolutely correct, and uh, you know I'm gonna leave that with what you said. You know I love you, we respect you, and uh, everything going on at Bear. I don't know if you want to say anything or parrot. Nope. I think uh, I think Ryan stated it 120% perfectly. I uh, I couldn't agree more with everything that was stated and everything that's going on. Change needs made. It's simple as that. It's it's simple as that, and it's just got to happen. There's, I mean, there's nothing more I can say to it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I got stories, man. It's the stories that I have. It's, it's just crazy. And mind you, I'm not even 40. Right. I feel like you're like 60, but, you know, I won't, we won't go into that. <laughs> no, it, it, it's all good, man. And, uh, uh, no, thank you again. And I, I wanted you to talk as long as you wanted to talk, man, because I just love yeah. hearing because it's perspective and people need to hear perspective. And like you said, yeah. accountability and convictions, man, that's what we need. Um, I tried to be, you know, as articulate as I could without you know, breaking it, you know, breaking down and losing it. Oh, it was, it was beautiful, man. And, um, you know, Zazu, he's too young to, to kind of see, uh, Zazu is the young one of all of us. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's seen it, but I don't know, man, from your perspective, Jake, what do you got, buddy? Yeah. I mean, like Bear said, Ryan, you know, he explained everything really well. I mean, I have, seen it and i it's awful i mean everyone needs to be held accountable for what they do and you know it's gonna take um it's gonna take those people just something needs to happen with this i hate seeing it it's not fair to ryan it's not you know it's not fair to your wife even your kids it's not fair you know to anybody in the community like it's it's not right you shouldn't get um berated for something you can't control you can't control you know how you're born black white brown you know you can't control that and it's awful that you have to you know go through that and it's just something that does need to be changed and it's it, i i i don't have a lot to say i mean it's it, it's nice to see you know that this younger generation like kind of my generation my age and younger it seems like they have they're trying to step up and they're trying to um start that change and as compared to you know some gary people your age yeah no i agree man i uh, honestly i believe that that has a lot to do with how you know you guys were raised differently than our generation even you know what i mean and it, there's nothing i mean it's not your fault. It's not my fault, but you know, I definitely think if enough people get together, change can be made and change can be good for the change can be for the better. And it needs to happen. 
because it's not fair. I agree. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, Ryan and I have always talked about anytime that, that Cody slash Ryan and I play sports together because of that that admiration, that respect, that love we had for another one another. It's always been bird and magic. It's always been that way to give that sports reference It'll always be that way. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I respect you, Ryan. I think you know that more than a lot of people. And uh, for every, as, as much as we joke around and kid about <laughs> bullshit and sports, and I know, you know, we all disagree on sports all the time, but this is one thing we all stand together and united for, and that is, uh, and we always will. So we've always got your back, you know, all the three of us, I know we do, and uh, you can always count on us, man. That's appreciated, man. So as we uh, skip into, I, I know we're, uh, I told, uh, I know we got trivia and all these other things. And I told Jeremy, I said, it's going to be a minute. You know, we've got, we're talking about some serious stuff and we've got other things going on, but uh, uh, we do want to thank, uh, we still have to thank people. It's part of our show. We thank Brandon, all wear clothing. I think you guys saw, we got a, a, a big, awesome logo, new logo coming out for just some shirts some koozies for our episode 200 from Brandon at all wear clothing, all wear clothing.com. He's got that sweet, like the NWO shirt, except it's OTL, Over the Line Sports Podcast. Looks awesome. We've got those coming, some stickers of our regular logo, and then uh, the koozies with both our logos. So thank you to Brandon helping us out again. Episode 200 gave us a great deal on everything, really basically essentially giving it to us again. And uh, But we said we wanted to contribute. Uh, Sparty Steve helping us out with the food again, episode 200. So thank you, Sparty Steve. And then, of course, Crandall's Quality lawn, Landscaping, almost fucked it up again crandall's quality landscaping sean is gonna help to our our alcohol consumption for episode 200 as we got to get to 200 drinks i'm counting on cody bryant now cody bryant you don't have to worry about beer this year be able to get those drinks in can't wait yep so thank you to all of them thank you to sean crandall's quality landscaping 419-704-5471 uh serves the toledo and surrounding areas and not Jacksonville, Florida. There we go. Again, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, so thank you to those three uh, who especially help us out. And again, thanks, Ryan, for uh, giving us all of that wonderful knowledge and, and perspective for people to hear. Watch 13th on Netflix. 13th. Watch it on Netflix. I got my wife watching it. And I might have made a mistake because now she's just been moping because she didn't know. <laughs> all right so we we had some off topic topic conversation uh not for the podcast was for ourselves but uh now let's talk about nascar you know all of our favorite sport well the only sport we have right now let's say and korean right. baseball isn't that what, what uh korean baseball yeah yeah yep. what you guys said yeah i um i sleep at midnight so I'm <laughs> yeah baseball. i'm in i'm in bed yeah, I'm I'm just now waking up at five in the morning too. So I see all these uh, degenerate DFS guys. All they talk like my Twitter when I get it in the morning. The first thing is, oh, that Korean baseball. I want all this money on Korean baseball. I'm like, you guys are freaking crazy, man. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Baseball. You're Shit. right. So last Wednesday we had Allsco uniforms 500, and uh, we Thursday. Were or last Thursday, right? Because it was rained it out. It got rained out. <laughs> so none of us did that well. Uh, the best place was Joey Logano was sixth. Austin Dillon was eighth. Uh, Kenseth got a 23rd. 
the Jones got a 26th and I had Bowman who was second and then hit the wall by himself. So finished 31st <laughs> and then food city 500, uh, in Bristol bear was right. I mean, he took it and, uh, dub tried to give us some shit like, Oh, he just got lucky. Right place. Right time. He no, was in third. He was in third. So he was there. I know that who was up front. It was chase Chase Elliott, and Logano Logano, and, yeah. Cha- and chase, chase, chase caused it. Out. Yeah, he didn't Not, mention that. He didn't mention yeah. that. He just said right place, right time. Didn't talk about how Chase fucked up. <laughs> hey, they were. Hey, look, they were racing hard, and that was a. I, I'm kind. Of, I mean, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because don't get me wrong. When we went to Bristol in August, it was fun as shit. I had a great time. It was fantastic. Yep. But this race was 200 times better than what we watched. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean. The, the best part of the race in um, August was the fact that D.B. and Detto almost won. Could've oh, my God. We were just sitting there praying. Winning. We were praying to Benedetto just, to stay. Yeah, Hamlin just had the better. Like, that was exciting. This race was fucking awesome. I mean, it, I don't say that a lot. This was, this was a really good race. I was like actually on the edge of my seat. But when Chase ran, great. And it's just so funny because Logano gets out and wants to act like such a tough ass. Oh yeah, I said the this same dude, thing. This we dude's gonna, family. this dude's gonna get cold cocked one day by somebody, and it's gonna be hilarious. And I think he puts his glasses on so no one hits him because <laughs> he doesn't race with them. He doesn't race. He doesn't race with glasses. He gets out of his car. He puts his glasses on. I'm like, what? I'm like wait a second. What? I'm like, you wouldn't hit a man glasses? with glasses, would you? Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like the original Joker Batman. <laughs> you wouldn't hit a man with glasses, would you? Bam! Oh, yes. Yeah, it was, but it was it was a good one. I, I was we were talking before the show and said uh, it's weird not having a freaking NASCAR Wednesday race. Having yeah, no shit lives and uh, <laughs> we it, don't it, have one after three weeks and it's weird. Yeah, no shit. And we've got you know this Sunday we got the race in Atlanta, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, and then next Wednesday we've got the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 from Martinsville. So we got. We got to get some two picks in here from everybody. Just updated standings real quick. Jake, the great Zazu horned bill parrot is uh, 9.6. Still crushing it. Your worst finish out of three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine races is 19th. That's insane. Especially for you. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I, mean, I remember I was leading last year too, up until my hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. We, we won't talk about that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, bears at 11.6. B Dub at 12.4. I'm at 14.7, and Cody Bryant 17.2. So uh, the first picks are you, Zazu. We got to see who you want for Atlanta, and then or Hotlanta as they say, and then Martinsville. You can see your picks on the screen. Is it clear enough? Yeah, I'm trying to make it bigger. Have I taken Kenseth? You have not. Here, I'll make it a little bigger. Give me Kenseth for the first race. Just rub okay. it a little bit. That should help. Um, Helps me make it better. Both right now. What's that? Am I picking both races right now? Oh yeah. All right. Give me Kansas for the first one, and give me uh, Benedetto for the second race. All right. Bear. Um. So for Atlanta, I'm gonna go with a young gun. I'm gonna go with Christopher Bell. Has a little success here in the Xfinity series. So hopefully that transfers over to the cup. And then at Martinsville, I am going to go with um, my second. Uh, I guess Bowman's tech. Uh, I did pick Harvick. 
Okay, so this will be my third big dog. I'm gonna go with Joey Logano in Martinsville. Let them cool that shit over after the whole chase thing one week, and then come back Wednesday, and we should be okay. Yep, and then uh, Dub's got Ryan Newman and Cole Custer, and I'm taking Clint Boyer, who's finished top 10 in Atlanta last two times out, and Eric Almarola, he finished uh, in the top five or 10, I believe, the one time, and he was like 40th because there was a wreck the other time, but he runs traditionally well here, uh, so give me Eric Almarola. Cody Bryant. Um, and all right, you know, I just, you know, I guess every week. <laughs> 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 um so i'm gonna say you know i'm gonna go with uh ricky stenhouse jr he runs fast man and and erratic that's true too that's all right <laughs> well, that's a good track for him atlanta <laughs> yeah it's fast. 200 here it's fast He's track. a good driver when cody's done i have a question okay all right and I'm a, I mean, who'd I have? Who'd I have? Um, William Byron. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. All right, Zazu, what do you got? So, um, as you guys know, I just kind of started getting in NASCAR. Um, besides for Bristol, because I thought that was like one of the most exciting races I've watched. Um, what are the other short tracks races that we have coming up? Martinsville. Martinsville is a, a short, it's a paperclip. Okay. That's the one coming up in two weeks. Okay. Yep. I thought, or, well, I, next week, excuse me. Next, race was just next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, the schedule. I know they're announcing the July schedule here, I think, later this week. But yeah, so we got Atlanta Sunday, Martinsville Wednesday, Miami Sunday the 14th, Talladega Sunday the 21st, and then they are doing Pocono Saturday and Sunday the 20th and 28th of June. Is that the road course? No, Pocono is a. It's a triangle. Sosley's triangle, uh, obtuse, acute. I don't. Know, I I wasn't laughing, <laughs> trigonometry. And three three turns. Okay. Um. But yeah, so they're doing a three twenty five and a three fifty back to back. Yep. So that'll be interesting. And then I know they're gonna have shit here coming up. It also sounds like I read something which was a rumor, not a fact that um there's a very good chance that they will they're looking into uh getting fans back yep. some sort of capacity so it'll be interesting to see how they do that but don't be surprised if by the end of july they have fans there which is pretty cool because if that's the case i'm sure it's a state-by-state -state basis but if that's the case that means by the time michigan races in august maybe there'll be fans allowed to go which would be cool Yes, we'll definitely have to do that. And then another big thing that happened, they announced today, uh, Nashville Super Speedway in Wilson County is going to reopen with the schedule next year that next will include year. first NASCAR Cup Series race in Nashville area in 37 years. So they tentatively have it. It's very tentative. June 20th, 2021 for that. Uh, the Dover Motorsports Chief Operating Officer, uh, Mike Tatooine, just like Star Wars, uh, he had mentioned the... That it'll be a return race. Yeah, sorry. It's not the nerd podcast. I'm on the wrong one. But it's a 1.33-mile concrete track that was built in 2001 by Dover Motorsports, and they had NASCAR, and they hosted NASCAR and Indy Racing League sanctioned events. 
but it was largely closed by owner Dover Motorsports as a racetrack in 2011. So this is big for NASCAR and big for Nashville. It's uh, I think it's a 25,000 seat facility. So if it's a good track and a fun one to watch, it should sell out no problem. Because we had how many did we have at Bristol that sold out or that could sell out? Oof. I don't remember the number, but it was um, what was it, sixty maybe? Yeah, something like that. I feel like that's that's about right. It's a big. I think track. it was about sixty. And we had a lot of fun. The Coliseum, yeah. Your- you can bring your own alcohol. We love that. I still got my Coleman cooler with the sticker on it. I'm ready to that's, go. That's the craziest part is that we go in and they didn't give two shits about the coolers that we had. They just wanted to see my see-through backpack and they did a little look check and saw there was nothing crazy in there. And they're like, all right, go ahead. And I'm like, so we can bring all this liquor in? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, our, thermo- our thermoses were filled with liquor. So it was a good time. So what's the what's the reasoning behind that? Because um, obviously they got to lose a lot of money in alcohol sales by letting everybody you know, bring their own alcohol. I don't know. The first night we went, we fucking <laughs> we spent a lot we of money. Yeah, we spent sure. a shitload of money. I, yeah, I, I think it's just I don't know if it's just one of those things that they've always allowed. I I find it interesting. I could see it happening 20 years ago that they, uh, you know, people just bring in cool. I mean. We would have brought in a cooler if we could find the right size, but we couldn't find the size that fit the dimensions that were allowed. So we didn't bring it or we would have filled up a cooler with fucking 60 beers. Probably. I think the way we did, it was a lot better because we all got what we wanted. <laughs> right. We all argue about, Oh, what beer are we going to get? Didn't we all bring like, uh, what the hell did we all buy? We all remember we, like we went to that. We went to that Walmart and got coolers. And then we went to the liquor store right next to the hotel and all got our own bottles. So, yeah, I think there were some Tito's because we all got mixers, I think, at that Walmart because I got the Jim Beam peach and the iced tea and I filled that thing up. But if it wasn't 95 or whatever it was because it's hot as shit that day, I think we all would have been absolutely torched. We were sweating it out. I mean, we were already pretty lit up, but I mean, sweating it out helped out because that would have been rough. Oh, you remember that one? I had bought that uh, that Kyle Bush like shirt that was an extra large, and it was like swimming in it. And remember, I said I'm gonna exchange this yeah, motherfucker somewhere. <laughs> I bought this on NASCAR.com like months before, and we go in, and I'm going to the different places. I'm like, do you have a large or a medium? And the medium like fit pretty well, so I'm like, just give me the medium. Here's the extra large I got. They're like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, the no Sweet. receipt, nothing. <laughs> and I was like, here, it's the same one, and they're like, all right. So got my medium. Rock the Kyle Bush shirt. I enjoy it, of course. Um, so another thing. So we'll thank a few more people real quick. So we got to thank Cassandra PNC. You can visit her at the White House branch at least till August 21st or give her a call 419-877-0634. She can help with all her banking needs, whether it be loans, credit cards, or personal banking. She is there to help. Okay, so the baseball and MLB the MLB rejected a 114 game plan and told the union no counteroffer. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Who cares? Is that the dagger in the heart um, of the MLB this year? No, they'll come up with something. They're going to see, they, they see NHL doing it. They see the NBA about to do it tomorrow. They, they know football is going to go. Are they going to be the only ones to lose money this year? There's no way. Right. Something's gonna something's gonna happen. Something will give. Yep. Yeah. I, I think just playing hardball, no pun Yeah. Either. Right. I think what they're gonna do, they're probably gonna at the end of all this, they'll probably go back to their original 
the original thing they had on the deal they had on the table where it was it was like 80 games and you know all the players got half of their salaries so i i don't know i think it goes back to that but i mean whew, boy if it doesn't since there's no counter offer and I th- if they if nothing happens by the end of the month, I'd say Fourth of July. If there's no baseball Fourth of July, there's not going to be a season. Now, do you mean uh, like something that is in there saying by the Fourth of July? Are you saying no? Yeah, like if they don't have a, an announcement contract or, a, or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think if they don't have an agreement. Yeah, if they don't have an agreement by Fourth of July, I don't think there's going to be a season. I think the players are willing to have no season at all. And I mean, I don't know of any other sport that's had as many work stoppages as the as major leagues and still comes back, man. And no, I, I don't know. I think you're right. Uh, it just it, it just never seems to hurt them. And nope, I th- never does. I think with a lot of the, especially with a lot of the minor league stuff now, you know, like the owners figured out a way to get out of uh, paying minor league players now. So, you know, with that big thing that went through, with that legislation that went through last year, you know, so whew, I don't know. I don't see it, man. I think I don't think we'll have we'll have a season. It'd be nice to see an 82 game MLB season, though, or 80 games. It'd be worth paying attention to. Yeah, because games would matter more. Right. Games, no one gives a shit for half of them. Right. You can win 85 games and make the playoffs. I mean, that's half your season. Yeah, exactly. You basically win the playoff, go make the playoffs going 500. Most of the times, that's not going to happen in the NFL. And unless you're in the East, it usually ain't going to happen in basketball. So right. right. In the East, you win five games and you're you're <laughs> you you know, you're tied for the fourth seed. <laughs> yeah, we're five and fourteen. We're the fourth seed here. You got one team that's fourteen and five, easily number one. Right. And speaking of which, just going into other things, uh, we know that the NBA is they're saying they're likely to approve what they had said for uh, they got a call tomorrow or today when people hear this at 1230 to vote on this. It's a 22 team return with eight regular season games. So it would be, uh, what did they say? 13 Western conference teams and nine Eastern conference because they're within six games of eighth place. And then they'll just play that little season. And then if they get it within four, uh, they could have a possible play in tournament tournament for the eighth seed. So sounds pretty cool. I'm down for it. Yeah, this is get Zion Williamson into the playoffs at all costs. (laughs) We have to remotely recoup some type of money. I I like it. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Eliminate everyone else. Hey, your season's done. Everyone who's got a little bit of a shot, hey, let's go. I mean, because the Wizards, you know they're not going to make it, but they're like 10 because they're with like six games out, I think. I mean, yeah, that's a good yeah. reason. And I don't know if I I think John Wall's out, right? I mean, totally. Yeah, he's still out. Yeah, he's he can't done. come back at all. Like, no, no yet. chance because he tore his Achilles. Okay. I don't think, yeah, not this year. I don't think there's any chance. I mean, the Nets is 
I, I think they said no matter what, Durant wasn't going to play, but. Right. Never know. That would right. make, make for some really crazy shit. You throw fun, throw a bet down on that now, just in case it gets right. to that point. Durant, hey, man, you never know. So. Oh. We, and yeah. I think, uh, oh, my bad, my bad. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I think that this 22 team uh, format that they have with this, nobody can bitch. Like, like there's no one that can say that they're unhappy with this because they're still remotely trying to give the Pelicans and Zion a way in. And they're not shutting out those teams in the Western Conference that, you know, have better records than some of the teams in the East that, you know, that if they, you know, just because they're in the Western Conference, they don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, just the thought of, of another uh, uh, Damian Lillard buzzer beater to end the series, you know, like that, you know, that's something cool to look forward to. And they're in it. They got Yeah. Yeah, they're in it. <laughs> Portland's got a chance. You imagine they did this shit like round round robin style. Woo. I was that's kind of what I, you know what you want to put all of them in. Let's do twenty two teams. Give the first four buys and let's go. Yeah, let's do it FIBA style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, it'd be I mean like the I'm tournament just, format though. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm I'm just excited that basketball ain't quitting on us because two things. One, you'd never hear the end of it from like LeBron and all that because you know it's right. They got the one seed in the West, so <laughs> yeah, yep. You never hear the end of that. Well, we we had such a good year and it got cut short, so we couldn't win a title. Which and don't get me wrong, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm just saying. Then you get yeah. out of everywhere because they don't. So I'm I'm just happy that they're gonna play. But also, everyone should be scared. Because even though, don't get me wrong, I mean, LeBron's 35 and still in shape like he's 25. You just gave him two months rest. Two months to rest, man. Everybody should be scared of that. You don't want – you want LeBron playing 35 to 40 minutes close to the end of the year to make the playoffs and get in and playing 35 to 40 minutes in the playoffs. Now he just got rest for two months? That's scary. And Anthony Anthony Davis had two months to not get injured. (laughs) I'm surprised he did. You're right. I saw um well obviously I guess we can pull that one too. You saw J.R. Smith beat the shit out of that dude for uh fucking up his truck. Right. Yeah, but man, did you shout see out before to that? Yeah, him, shout out. Sorry, well I'll go into that, but him, LeBron <laughs> and A D, Jr. that is is him. LeBron and A D all were riding bikes in LA before that was that same day. So I'm surprised A D didn't like strain a hammy riding his bicycle. Right, man. Hey, he lasted a whole bicycle ride. as a lakers fan that's you know that's optimistic man it's Mm -hmm. still bittersweet because you know it's crazy man but anthony davis survived a bike ride (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like you said jr smith man that i saw that video of that and i was like good guy deserved to get his ass kicked yeah yeah i love that he came out on video after it happened too (laughs) look he goes, this this isn't a racing. He goes, I live in a residential area. This motherfucker right. a truck. So I'm messing with his car. I whooped his ass. <laughs> I know, Straight I, up. I, I, I love it. I love this guy that was with 
I love his guy that was with him though. Like, give him his privacy, you know, going to the different cameras, trying to tell, give him his privacy, please. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to watch him beat his ass. Get out of my camera view. Right. That, that, that's a sign. That's a sign of a good manager slash friend right there. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly it. That's, ex- that's what you need. I expect that from Zazu when he's managing us. <laughs> when, we're, when we're a faction in WWE, respect their privacy. God. <laughs> they'd write, the a, they'd write us off that show so quick yeah they would we'd be <laughs> awful and thank you for uh continuing the show by the way as you saw i got booted again so uh i appreciate you guys continuing last thing i wanted to mention on uh in the playoffs and coming back is the nhl so i have the list of cities the 10 cities that are in the running we got chicago columbus dallas edmonton alberta vegas of course la minneapolis st paul Pittsburgh, Toronto, Ontario, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, the best did one. Say, did you put Columbus in there? Yeah, Columbus was the second one okay. I said. Okay. Yep, and uh, the best chance, of course, is going to be Vegas because they have to have these hotels around that are going to have it, and the hardest things that people are going to have is Canada, those Canadian cities, because they have a minimum on their days of quarantine, uh, 14-day quarantine if something happens or shows symptoms. So it's more than likely – going to happen where Canadian teams or Canadian cities are not going to be a host. I see Vegas being one. And of those other ones, I mean, Vegas makes the most sense. I'm a homer for Pittsburgh. My Penguins can have home ice with nobody there. I'd like that, of course. No, Yeah, but Pennsylvania had some weird ass. They were almost like Michigan. They had some strict law. Yeah. They had some really weird strict COVID shit, like, you know, governor um, power trip sort of stuff. So – I, yeah, I think Vegas probably is going to get it, especially because the casinos open uh, today when you're listening, but tomorrow, June 4th. Um, but I would guess they'd be one. And I mean, Columbus, too, would be really cool just for the fact that I I mean, it's close and I'm, I'm sure they got plenty of hotels, especially in that surrounding area. Um, but that would be really cool. But Nationwide's a really nice arena, too. So. Yeah. Put them in the dorms. Yeah, put them in the dorm. There you go. <laughs> the students aren't there. Put them in the dorm. Fine as well. I mean, yeah. you got you got three months. You got three months to well, two months, pretty much. Once they'd be done to uh, disinfect everything, you'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, Ohio State, like the campus has its own zip code anyway. So, yep. I mean, if you can't get some NHL team, I know. I don't know though. If I was an NHL player and found out that I had to stay. I don't know if you guys are familiar with OSU's campus, but to find out I got to stay in Blackburn Hall or something, like I'd be pissed. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's funny you mentioned that, like how big Ohio State is. I, I've mentioned this in the past, like Michigan State is so damn large that the Michigan State University police have the most jurisdiction of any police in that entire state. That's it's insane. Yeah, it, it uh, is. Toledo huge. is big. Oh, Michigan State's campus is humongous because it's all agricultural and farming. It's what it was back right. in the day. And so it's so much freaking land, and it's a beautiful campus. We'll just have to go party up there one time at the Hopcat, check it out, see a football game, go up there. It's a fun. It's a fun place to go to a football game. Smaller stadium than the shoe, of course, uh, and it's just cool to watch. It's fun to be around. I actually have been to Michigan State a few times. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Oh, and to be even more surprised, it was to go meet a girl up there. That's even more surprising. <laughs> I remember staying in her dorm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you did. Oh, no, man. I believe you. 
Oh god. Two eight inch. This was before the crazy X moved. This was before the crazy X that just moved out yesterday. Thankfully. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for the help. Wait, you you moved her out? I moved one thing. Well, two. We had to carry that computer desk to that other SUV, and we put the dresser in my truck. And then we drove it over there. You said, later, and we left. I literally I was like, later. <laughs> Walked out. That was it. Goodbye. Later. Uh, when I got home, she's like, why the, why the fuck were you being such a dick to me and Alex? I'm like, I wasn't. I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to get home. <laughs> so you brought her stuff there and then she texted you why are you being a dick even though you're broken up dropped it off yeah. and you dropped her stuff off man you I gave her white glove treatment hey, you better than me fucking psycho i wouldn't have replied well remember right. we're still recording parrot so let's not let's not go that far <laughs> She's not gonna listen to it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right so something funny i saw today on twitter and ironically cody cousin cody tagged bear in this was the Bears are paying their tight how they're paying their tight ends this year? Trey Burton three point one million to play for the Colts, paying Jeremy Graham, Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Graham, Jimmy Graham nine million to replace him, and have eight additional tight ends on the roster at a combined ten point three million dollars. They're paying the out for you. million dollars for tight ends, one Jesus. of them which isn't even there. That's the Bears for you. Well, we got one that's not there, and Jimmy Graham won't show up, so that's nine million down the drain. Who's even yep. gonna throw him the damn ball? Right, Nick Foles. After he gets hurt, then yeah, no shit. Trubisky gonna airmail him every time. Right, and then that maybe uh, maybe they bring Mike Glennon back. They might. And that last thing we've got about um, the NFL is Luke Keekley's considering a pro scout job for Carolina. I think he'd be good for it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't you, know. What's the worst that can happen? You hating on Keekly? No, nah, man. Just what's the worst that can happen? As long as he don't bump his head, he'd be all right. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't. <laughs> let's hope he does not bump his head. <clears throat> and a lot of former players, you know, end up doing very well with the, uh, you know, with scout jobs. I mean, it's not like he has some high-level position. I mean, you know, he's just a scout. So, I mean, it can't hurt, and he's not going to be the only one anyway. So, I'm sure there's going to be other, you know, other guys with him. So, yeah, why not, man? Get paid. Go get your money, Luke. Yep, and uh, another way that you can get paid or get some good benefits is talking to Verizon, and we got to thank uh, Brittany at Verizon. Britain, or Verizon is a true technology business partner, helps local businesses deploy technologies that can positively impact operations and increase revenue for the company. At Verizon, they do not wait for the future. They build it. Get in touch with the sales rep in your area, verizon.com. All right, so now it's time for the most fun part of the show, trivia. The Brought to you in part by the Rockford Peaches. By the way, I forgot to mention, uh, I think it was a, like a month ago, their last surviving player that was 101 years old had passed away. So, Rockford Peaches, still, we still honor you. Uh, but, Bear, what do you got for points? All right, updated points. Uh, Gary, you have 427. Cody Bryant with 347. Myself with 370. Parrot at 190. Dub at 29. And Wes Anderson at 7. 
All right, first question. Let's start off with a two-pointer. Which former NBA player had his number 31 retired by the Duke Blue Devils? Mm, 31. There's only one person I can – I know he wore 31, but I don't remember if he wore 31. At... Uh, uh, I'm going to put it into the chat. I got to find the chat. Yeah, I just typed it in the other thing. Yeah, the, we you, you can use the chat. You'll be all right. What is going on? See, and I was going to put Leitner. I can't remember what no, number Leitner wore. So Christian Leitner's who I got. You guys got Shane Battier. You were you were close. I was at one thirty. Leitner's thirty two. Nah, I think he was thirty two. Son of a. Bitch. Well, I can't type anything right now. Um, but the only person that I know that went to Duke is Battier. So. You don't know Kyrie Irving or Grant Hill? Elton Brand, Corey well, Maggetti. J.J. Reddick. Hill was in the 30s. That's, I mean, I What's Grant his name? Hill. Yeah, Grant Hill. <laughs> Shane, Shane Battier's right. Para didn't know fucking Shane Battier. He's young, man. He's young. We'll give him the, we'll give him the two I points. Give, I give him the two points. He said Shane Battier. Give yeah, he did. Yeah. We'll give it to him. <laughs> Motherfucking parrot. Now, yeah. if he would have said, if he would have said Shane Battier, then I would have known for sure that he... I, I, I can hear him. Shane, Shane Batter. Shane, yeah, who's who's Batter. Shane Batty ba- Battery? Is that <laughs> next up? Two points. Let's take a, a look at team pass attempts last season in the NFL. There's actually a division with three of the top four teams in the entire league in pass attempts. Which division features these pass-heavy teams for two points? Two points. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No idea, but that's my guess. Huh. I'm, I'm uh, sim- close uh-huh. to what you said, but I'm going south. Well, you're going with the uh-huh. south. That's fine because I'm going with the east. <laughs> <laughs> so that's three NFC teams, Ryan. No Cody Bryant, no pressure. NFC North, NFC Ow. East, NFC South. I'm trying to think. Yeah, nobody in the AFC did anything really. I mean, I'm just uh, thinking NFC South, man. You got Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the South. You had Jameis. You had Matt Ryan, and well, the the Panthers. I assume are the team that didn't throw as much, but Christian McCaffrey right. did get a lot of a lot of balls. A lot of there, receptions, so. yeah. So. I'm going to stay. I feel confident in NFC South. I just going to be AFC East. There we go. (laughs) NFC South. I'm going to ask him, though, what teams? Because I want to know. I think you're right. I would say it can't. It would have been been Saints, Tampa, or Tampa Saints, Falcons, probably. Right. The number one team in pass attempts and three bonus points if you can tell me which team is not. Okay. We will do that. (laughs) Never mind. We will do that. So the number one team with pass attempts. You can just say it instead of typing it. Oh, wait. Bonus two points. You can tell me who is the number. Who is the number one? The number team? one team. Three bonus. Three bonus points. You can tell me which team is not in the top four. Top All four, right. Three. The top. Not in that top four from that division because three of those teams are in the top three, or in the top four. Okay. Yeah. So we're naming. We're naming the team in the division that's not. Yep. In the top which four. Team is so, not in the top four. I'm going to go Tampa oh. is one. 
Yeah. And I'm going to say yeah. that Carolina, Carolina. is I'd out. I'd say Carolina. Yes, that would be mine as well. No, what you, you know what? I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say the Saints. Are not in the top four? Not in the top four. They did All have right. Bridgewater for five yeah. weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints. All right, what do you got, Parrot? Oh, Jesus. I... Give me the Bucks and the Saints. I don't know. Yeah, because it is like out of those three teams, which one isn't in the top four? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to Saints. Oh shit! Wow. Atlanta was. You guys are right with the Saints. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, Bridgewater. Yeah, it's not that surprising with Bridgewater. I just forgot about that. And Camara, they had Camara and uh, who else? Was back your there? Ram, hey, your Jared Goff buddy was third. Fuck Goff. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so Parrot and Cody get three points for that. Gary, me and you get nothing. My right. God, it might break two hundred by the end of the shows. <laughs> and finally, only four players in MLB history have reached the forty forty club. At least 40 bases, 40 home runs in the same season. Name them. Two points for each. That's the only way you're in the 40-40 club. What's that? <laughs> oh, the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You, you know, he 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 brings up some good questions from time to time, and I love that one. Like you said, it's in the same damn season. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, so we gotta type some shit in here. I'm trying to think who else. I, oh man, that's tough. I'm trying to think of the fourth one. I'm trying to think of one. I only got two right now. I gotta think older, I think, than what I. I don't know though. I feel like there wasn't a lot of stealing going back around in the old. Right. I mean, Henderson never hit for 40 homers. I know that. So right. I know. Right. I'm stuck on. I'm stuck on the fourth too. You guys are gonna hate my guesses. Uh, oh boy, that ain't right. But I've got mine in. I'll just press enter when when we all uh, say we're ready. I'm gonna guess on my fourth one. I can't even think of anybody else on the fourth one. I'm gonna guess though. Just type it in on three. We'll hit enter. All oh, right. I got one more name. Hold on. I'd probably have one out of these. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. All right, one, two, three, go. All right, Bonds. So from Bear, Bonds, A-Rod, Trout, Griffey Jr. From Hornswoggle, Sosa, McGuire, Jeter, Bonds, uh, Cody, Soriano, A-Rod, yep. Bonds, Mantle. Or that's me. That's you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the same as I did. No, uh, you got them. So, Co- Co- yeah, sorry, they're both Ryan on there. Cody has Bonds, A-Rod, Trout, Griffey, Bonds, Trout, Griffey, McGuire. Okay. Oh, you know what? I, shit. I don't know. I think I, know, I messed up. I know Soriano got it because it was back with the Yankees. Um, there yeah. you go. So, uh, oh, Conseco. Conseco. Oh, yep. God. Yep. As soon as we just yeah. him last week, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So uh, hey, as soon as you put McGuire, that's what I'm thought. Fuck, Canseco did it. He was like the first one. Shit. So yep. Um, yep. yeah, you're right. He was one. So I've got six there. 
Uh, can you go? Can you scroll back up off? Oh of? wait, yeah. Who was it now? It was Canseco, Bonds, oh, A Rod, Soriano. All right. So Bonds, A Rod. Gary got two. Cody got two. Oh, I got six. Oh, you got A Rod. Yep. There you go. Six points on that one. Uh, Cody Bryant got. You got two. two four points. Or Cody I, got four. Oh, yeah. You got, oh, two. got two. Hey, and even Parrot got two. Nice job, Zazu. Yeah, buddy. All right, so we've got a, a final rant from Jeremy. Here we go. Right. You guys keep saying Curry is not the greatest shooter of all time, but I'm not hearing any names of who you think is better. So I'll stop there. Didn't we go through like we did. 15 people that were better? We, we did. We, we remember said Clay I've, Thompson. Uh, we said, we, we Clay said Thompson his own. Better, he's right? not even the best shooter on his own team. So yeah, we. I know we said that for sure. Ray yeah. Allen's better. Reggie Miller's better. Right. I, I, We've are, I, I'm not repeating myself. He can go back and right. listen to the podcast. Yeah, he can. Yeah. I agree. We're not going back on that. Yeah, so, he better start watching more YouTube clips or something. He, he has to. <laughs> so uh, we'll continue on. If he's not in your top three, who are your top three shooters of all time? Again, if you're going to buy made threes in a career, Steph is going to shatter everyone. And if you're going by three-point percentage, Steph is going to be ahead of any other shooters out there out there actually averaged a decent amount of points, a.k.a. Steve Kerr averaged six points per game wait, during wait, his wait, career. What? <laughs> this type of stuff to get you gray hairs, man. Well, Steve Kerr played with Jordan. and He wasn't even the seventh-best right. player Steve, on his team. Right. So, Steve Kerr wasn't even a three-point shooter to begin with. Well, if he's going to pull these stats, then that means that he's also – wait, Jeremy's the one that says Jordan's the best, right? Yes. He wants to pull stats on the best shooters going to do that then he might as well just say bill russell's the best player of all time because he's got 847 championship rings because that's right arguments based off of right here yeah and and if steph's not even you can't say he's going to shatter everyone with made threes if he's not even where's steph at is he like top 10 yet ankles even hold up right yeah is he I, I don't know, to be honest with you. That's I don't a good even topic. know where Steph is on the yeah. on top. He's third. I mean, he is because that's all he does is shoot threes, though. Right. That's all he shoots. Every record. Yeah, he's going to shatter. If, if, you know, 80% of your shots are three-pointers, you know, like, he's going to just by average. You know who else is going to be second by the time that everything's over to? Kyle Clay Thompson. James oh, yeah, Kyle Corver, yeah. So th- listen, right now this is it, okay? Ray Allen's one with twenty nine seventy three. So okay. I mean, he's got a good lead. Reggie is two with twenty five sixty. Steph is three with twenty four ninety five. So he's gonna pass Reggie next year probably. If his um, ankles hold up. Yeah, that's true. Corver is four with twenty four thirty seven. He's not far behind Steph, by the way. Right. I was gonna say, like you know, Harden, Kyle Corver's still in the league. Harden is five at twenty two ninety six. You know who's six? You'll never guess who six is, and he's playing right Still now. Still in the league right now? Only right now. Probably fucking Joe Johnson or something. <laughs> no, Joe Johnson's in the big three. <laughs> oh, God. That's fantastic. You, Joe Johnson's number 12, by the way, just FYI. Uh, ain't that far out. No, Vince, Vince Carter is number oh, six. Vince? Hey. Vince Carter is six. And so, – uh, Jason Terry, seven. Jamal Crawford, eight. Paul, nine. Jason Kidd, ten. Then Dirk, Joe Johnson, J.R. Smith, LeBron, J.J. Chauncey, Kobe, Clay, 
Rashard Lewis. <laughs> JJ Reddick's still in the league. That's right. JJ and LeBron are actually tied. They both got 1860. Yeah, it's still in the league, man. J.R. Smith is at 1929. And he's been out for, what, two years? A year? A year, yeah. He's been out a while, I can tell you that. (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. And all those guys had complete games. They could shoot from inside the arc, too. Right. Definitely not. That never shows up when he needs to. All Steph no, does. Hell no, he does. That little right. floater that lands 25% of the time. Right. Yeah. So I'm just think is. Ray Allen is better over the fact that he hits all. He's hit so many clutch shots in his career. Like if right. there, Ray if there was, if there was a, uh, if there was a stat, wide receivers are great route runners. Like if there was the best NBA route runner, that would be Steph Curry. He's great at getting over. Yeah. He's a route runner. Making five threes in a row and then bricking the next six. Yep. Yeah. No, you're absolutely Remember, correct. He didn't really show up in the finals if uh, anyone watched. Right. No, he did not. In any finals, for that matter. I like, mean, what finals did he really show up in? And uh, none of them. After Clay averaged, you know, 30. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. 20, 2015 was a Clay Thompson finals. 2016, both Steph and Clay. I mean, Steph had a decent finals, but Draymond really carried him. He never right. got thrown out or anything. I mean, that that's all that that was. Clay didn't have a good finals. And in 2017, we all know that that was Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant. That's just a fact. Right. Well, we'll finish up what he said here. So I'm not sure what other criteria you're looking at other than a very strange bias against Curry. And yes, I was heartbroken to hear about the death of Jerry Sloan last week. When Malone left and Stockton retired, the 2003-2004 Jabs team had on paper one of the worst lineups in NBA history. All the experts picked him to fit, possibly finish with the worst record of all time, yet Jerry Sloan got them over 500 that season. And still to this day, the greatest coaching job I've ever seen in NBA history, and that was actually my favorite season because a team of nobodies to the national audience fought so hard every single night to win games. Throughout his co- coaching career, he treated every player equally, demanded 100% effort, did not want to hear excuses, and stood up for his players like no other. There will be never be another Jerry Sloan. Have a good one and see you for wrestling. Wasn't that the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer team? Uh, Sure. I don't know. I couldn't tell you at all. Boozer, yeah. I didn't remember Darren Williams. I didn't think he was in the league. Yeah, I couldn't tell you a thing, dude. I don't know. I got to look and see now. I'm already pulling it up. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear this team. Yeah, I just want the roster. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. So, Carlos Arroyo, Rajah Bell, Curtis Borchert, Keon Clark, Jaron Collins. Oh, I can't even pronounce that. Dude's from my like Slovakia. Gordon, is that Kirilenko? No, it was like oh. Gordon Jasirich. Kirilenko is on that team. Gordon okay. Jasirich. Uh, Paul, Gr- Paul Grant, Tom Gugliata, Ben Hand Lockton, Matt Harping, AK-47, that's Andre Karolinko. Yep, yep. Raul Lopez, Mikey Moore, Greg Ostertag, still there somehow. <laughs> Sasha Pavlovich, oh, that's a cab right there. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Stevenson, and you are close with Darren Williams. It was uh, almost, uh, this is his rookie year, Money Mo Williams. Oh. Money Mo. 
Damn. Man, it's like the it's like the Cavs took half that team. Right. I think they did. <laughs> what they what they I think, <laughs> what is Boozer that, there the year after? I think they traded Boozer out there for all those guys. I think he did, yeah. Because I, I think, think Carlos, I want to say Carlos Arroyo went to Cleveland too. That sounds familiar. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know, man. Carlos Arroyo was on that uh, that world championship team that beat USA from Puerto Rico. Yeah, that summer. Sure. Well, like he fun, was a bum. The fun fact for Jeremy on this one: um, their attendance that year was sixth out of 29th. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Someone or if they're supposed to suck. Whatever, man. Most impressive coaching job in NBA history is Phil Jackson getting the Lakers to the finals after Kobe got arrested in Colorado. <laughs> and dimed everybody out. Look, Kobe, my boy, but he threw everybody under the bus when his ass went to court. <laughs> that's how that damn uh that's how that damn bounty got started on him when Shaq was offering like 40 grand for somebody to beat Kobe's ass. Cause Shaq was paying all his mistresses and shit off. <laughs> <laughs> he did pay the mistresses off, didn't he? Yeah, man, that was all in court, man. Kobe just let it all out. Man, hey, I mean, that's what I don't get, man. If what I'll never understand is why dudes damn well know that you're on the road half the year, you're a millionaire, you're a basketball player, like you're getting tang. Like, come on, why even get married? I don't get that shit. It just don't make sense to me. Do it. The the one person I respect more than anybody else is Derek Jeter. Anybody else? Right. Motherfucker stayed single that whole time and just banged model after model after model. Uh-huh. No drama. Zero drama. None. Yeah. And None. then he gave, his most drama was giving him a gift basket. That's it. Right. And that's yeah. the, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Which most people would be like, well, I mean, he could have done worse. Right. I'm sure he yeah. paid for a nice dinner, paid for all his shit, probably right. a nice penthouse in downtown Manhattan, totally private. No one would have known. Gives them a nice gift basket, and they're still ungrateful. Damn bitches. Man, these hoes ain't got no manners. <laughs> these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> this is so true. They're never loyal, are they? Uh, hoes gonna Easy. be hoes. All right. So <laughs> before we get into the before we get into on this day in sports history, uh, the world's highest paid athletes for the year. Do you remember who number one was? Oh, I seen that. Um, uh, it's Roger Federer. Yeah, yep. better. A hundred million in endorsements, six point three million in winnings. I think they said he was the first tennis player ever to have that spot. Yes, and uh, number number the then Ronaldo was the first soccer player, forty five million endorsements, sixty million salary. Messi was right there, thirty two million endorsements, seventy two in salary. Uh, Neymar, twenty five million, seventy and a half million in salary. LeBron, first basketball player, 60 in endorsements, 28-2 in salary. Uh, then Steph Curry, 44 mils in uh, endorsements, 30.4 salary. Durant, 35 and 28.9. Tiger, 60 in endorsements, 2.34 salary. Kirk Cousins, first NFL player, two. This is what gets me: two and a half million endorsements, 58 in salary. <laughs> And then Carson Wentz, four million endorsements, fifty-five point one in salary. Oh, One thing shit. we what, didn't mention: what is it? Who is endorsing Kirk Cousins? Right, Joel Olstein. <laughs> right. Who the fuck's paying him all that money? 
Well, fifty-eight million was salary and winnings. Two point five was his endorsements. I thought, who's paying him two point five million? Yeah, say, who, yeah. <laughs> the local, like, the local Minnesota used car sales lot. Man, and I need to find out who I'm that Kirk, is because if I'm they're Kirk, getting, <laughs> yeah, they're I'm getting, Kirk Cousins. I'm Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Buy this 2018 Kia Sonata. <laughs> yeah, I'm Kirk Cousins here with John Smith Buick and Cadillac. <laughs> Buy yourself a Buick. <laughs> Oh God. You know, like the, a lot of these endorsements you don't believe in, but the one that I always believed in was hell yeah. Brett Favre is selling me Wrangler jeans. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and copper fit. Right. And copper fit. Yeah. If those don't fit, gee, hey, the only other thing that would have been perfect for him was a Canon camera. Right. Yeah. The clearest dick pic in the world with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, said. we lost Zazu. Uh, so let's go into this the, on this day, of course, June 3rd, it's June 4th when this comes out, but June 3rd for us, Eddie Collins is the sixth person to get 3000 hits. Give me the year. 68. I don't know. 50. 1925. Lou Gehrig is the first to hit four consecutive home runs. 38. Uh, 45. Well, he was dead by then, so 32. Oh, well, there you go. I wasn't there. <laughs> no, you weren't. Um, Let's see. The Mets draft Daryl Strawberry, 18 years old, at number one. Mm, 83. What'd you, say, what'd you say, Bear? I said 82. I'm sorry. 1980. No. Nolan Ryan pitched his second one-hitter this season and 11th overall. 91. Oh, and on this same day, let me give you something else that happened on the same exact day. Uh, Vin Scully broadcast 23 innings in two different cities on the, on the same day. 81. Uh, 87. 89. All right. Tiger Woods claims his 73rd PGA Tour victory with a two-stroke win over Andres Romero and Rory Sabatini in the Memorial Tournament and equals Jack Nicklaus' record. Oh, six. I think it's 05 or 06. I'd say 07. 2012. Really? Oh, was that the rehab years? Might have been. That's why I don't. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. And and just for Jeremy, Golden State guard Steph Curry breaks Ray Allen's NBA Finals record for most three-pointers with nine in a game two win. 2017? Was it 20, hell, when did they go? Was that 2015? 2018. Oh, yeah, the year that they don't win. Like the fucking Sammy Sosa of the NBA. (laughs) Sammy Sosa in the NBA, Jesus. 
Oh, uh, all right. You know how Sammy used to give you two home run games when they and the and the Cubs lose like ten to ten to uh ten to four. Well, it was twenty eighteen against the Cavs. So, um, that was a good one. Thanks to Wes Anderson for moments in time. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter at Songs by Wes. Thanks to All Wear Clothing, Crandall's Quality Landscaping, uh, Cassandra PNC, Verizon. We never thanked our man, so we got to do it real quick. Connell Barrett. It's all, all, all good. Just do a quick one this time. Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com. If you're a parrot who's down on your luck like the one that's no longer pictured in this Zoom meeting because he knew he might be out there, maybe he's giving a call to Connell Barrett, datingtransformation.com. He not needs from the somebody, chat. And now he needs somebody else in his love life. He is now single for all those one ladies that listens to our show that's not right. taken. Uh, yeah. we, have a, we have a parrot uh, or a great hornbill available to you. And uh, if you need some help and you're down on your dating luck, the states are starting to open. You can get in touch. Connell Barrett, dating transfer, dating transformation.com can help you with your Twitter, your Christian mingle, your anything, farmers only, any of those things. <laughs> he can help you. Tinder, whatever you got. Connell Barrett, dating transformation.com. Sorry to Sparty Steve. We couldn't get you on the show today, but we appreciate you and thank you for helping us out again on episode 200. And as always, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. What day is it? Man, I'm tired. <laughs>